Welcome to A Journey of Transformation Empowerment. You're listening to Antonio T. Smith Jr. Where ideas ignite, change, and possibilities are endless. Before we dive into today's episode, we have something special for our listeners. Today's podcast is brought to you by a groundbreaking book that's reshaping the conversation around Black economic empowerment. It's Resegregation, Volume 1, The Power Matrix, a master plan for Black group economics with wealth creation, authored by visionary Antonio T. Smith, Jr., Antonio isn't just an author. He's a former top-secret combat special operations intelligence sergeant turned millionaire. His life work championed the economic autonomy and wealth creation within black communities. In this seminal work, dedicated to teachings of Dr. Claude Anderson, Antonio outlines a comprehensive blueprint covering critical sectors like finance, technology, manufacturing, and more. He blends military discipline with acute understanding of systematic disparity. This isn't just a book. It's a movement. A call to action to create lasting wealth and reshaping the economic narrative. Antonio's vision is clear. Drive a significant shift toward black ownership and control. Listeners, if you've ever wondered about innovative strategies for wealth creation or how technological transformation can uplift the black communities, then this book is for you. Join Antonio Smith Jr. on the transformative journey. Pick up your copy of The Resegregation Volume 1, The Power Matrix today and be a part of the reshaping future. Now, let's dive into the episode and explore the possibilities that await us. Exactly. It was Dad's day, I believe, a couple of days back. Yes. Uh, actually, it's, it's on the 23rd for us, so my kids gave me my present early. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> great, great. Beautiful. So let's begin. Okay, without ado, because it's already two minutes late. So let's start. And uh, those who are going to join, uh, they will join automatically, because I know that everyone knows about uh, this session. Right. So, ladies and gentlemen, those who are there, I would like you to go to the chat and address this question. How many of you have watched Antonio T. Smith Jr. and his interview? Just go to the chat and say, I. 
Just go to the chat and say, I. How many of you have really watched his interview? Great. How many of you would love to ask him the toughest question, type two? <laughs> type two, those who want to ask question, direct question to him. Good, excellent. How many of you are thrilled? Type the letter T, please. How many of you are really thrilled? Type the letter T, tangle, T for tangle. Good, excellent, very good. Uh, thank you very much to all of you and thanks a lot Antonio. Antonio is, is a, such a busy person, very, very busy person. I know the amount that he charges for an hour is too heavy that we can't afford itself. It's, it's out of question, but he is such a humble person. He takes time to come and to support the needy and that's exactly what he has done today here. I don't have much to introduce about Antonio because most of you have gone through his interview. That was a massive interview where I got a huge, uh, huge uh, recommendation to bring him on board. And that, that's one of the reasons that we thought, okay, let him, let, let's bring him on board. And that's why we fixed this day. So it is uh, convenient for every one of you who are gathered here today. Antonio, I met Antonio around about three years back uh, in the US when uh, I was attending a program with Les Brown. And Antonio is very, very close to the Les Brown family, the, uh, the Brown family, uh, their, uh, the, the daughters, two daughters, Anna Brown and Serena Brown. In fact, Serena Brown is very close to Antonio T. Smith. And Antonio was responsible for bringing uh, Serena Brown and uh, to helping me in getting my book forwarded. And she is the one who wrote the forward for my book, which is Ignition, which has become uh, 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 a number one seller last year, and it also got into Walmart. Now I'm selling about, I'm talking about my book, but the person that you are going to see and going to talk, he has got 11 books and all the 11 books are bestsellers. So you know that you are going to talk, uh, talk uh, to the grandmaster of writing books. And he explained about that in the, in the previous um, uh, interview as well. So what you're going to do now, uh, I'm not going to give uh, much detail about him because you've gone through his detail and you're going to ask questions because I don't want to open the suspense now itself. He's the right person to give the right perspective. So this is how we're going to do 10, 10 minutes. It's Antonio's time. He's going to talk about whatever he wants to talk from any area of his uh, life. And after 10 minutes, that's when the question answer session uh, starts and we got around about 15 minutes. We got young from age of nine. Uh, till they've got age of 60 and 70 as well from different countries. I can see they're coming from different countries right now from the Middle East, Far East, from Eastern Europe, uh, from India for sure, and other countries as well. So uh, you have got around about 50 minutes to uh, ask questions. And Antonio T. Smith Jr., a very good friend of mine, uh, would be answering that question to all of you. Are you all ready? Say we are ready. Type you are ready. Good, beautiful, that's lovely. Good, uh, from different countries we got, from Middle East, from Far East, from uh, Eastern Europe. Good, excellent. Antonio, it's yours. The stage is yours. All right, I sure appreciate you. Thank you very much. You said get 10 minutes. What I'm gonna do is give you half of that back because I'm actually excited about the Q&A. Uh -huh. And the tough questions. I saw some of the number twos. I can't wait. So instead of taking 10, I'm going to take five and I'm going to just do one point. 
I think the advantage that I have over most people uh-huh. is that I don't think I have an advantage over most people. Mm. And I think that's really where my strength comes from. I, like Socrates, mm-hmm. I think I'm the dumbest person on planet Earth. Mm-hmm. So I just consistently ask questions, questions mm-hmm. after questions after questions. I'm consistently questioning every single thing about anything that is happening and anything that is occurring. So I'm very excited about those things. And from all of that, here would be my one message to tell all of you and set the stage for the questions that you're going to ask. And that stage is set simply by move. That's really my message, like move. When you are dumb, like me, when, you are, when, you, you, when you're not smart, like mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. you are too ignorant to recognize failure. Mm-hmm. So as you move, you get punched in the face by failure. The universe smacks your, your plan around. You say, you know, I'm going to be a millionaire. And then the universe goes, no, you're not. Get that out of here. You can be one, but your plan wasn't good enough for that. Your diet isn't good enough for that. The food you're putting in your body doesn't sustain millionaire status. So the people around you are as toxic as the food you're putting into your body. And over and over, the universe goes, "Ah, get that out of there, get that out of there, get that out of there. God is just saying, fix your plan, fix your plan, fix your plan. And if you're smart, you're not going to keep moving forward. That really is my message. Smart people quit. That is the truest thing that I could ever possibly tell you. You have to be smart enough to have faith, but dumb enough to use it. Mm. And think about that for a second. Smart enough to know that I can get through something because I got through it before, but dumb enough to go, huh, I know failure is coming. I know they say I can't do it. I know it's not going to work, but I'm still going to do it anyway. And only those few people that keep moving forward in the darkness towards more darkness, these are the people who become successful. These are the people who, who change the world. So in conclusion, my one message is just move. But inside that message is be dumb enough to move. Sometimes we intellectually talk ourselves out of our blessings. Mm-hmm. We know too much. We know every way things are not going to work, and we got, we got all this data, and we, we know the profit and loss, and we know if we don't do this, you know, you know, you know. There's one thing that's true on planet Earth, and no one knows anything. Nobody. No one knows anything. And the faster you can get to not knowing anything, it's the faster you can move forward, and it's, that will give you an advantage over most people. Move forward, don't know anything, and don't stop, no matter how intelligent you are, and your intelligence says stop, don't stop, keep moving forward. So that's my message. Hopefully that was five minutes, and we can, <laughs> we can jump into the Q&A. <laughs> Great. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot. That was so powerful. Sometimes in life, you have to see yourself as a person who is smart enough. At the same time, you need to balance that, saying that I'm stupid enough or dumb enough so that I can move forward. I know that there are a lot of uh, mistakes and errors that we're going to do. I'm, I know that's not clear, but still I have to move. I need to get pushed forward. I may fall down, but still I have to keep on moving. And the whole thing that Antonio put in this five minutes is that keep on moving. If you stop, 
If once you stop, it doesn't mean that you're stopping. In fact, you're moving backward because the world is moving forward. And that's, that's the truth. Because if you stop learning today, that doesn't mean that you're stopped learning today, but, but the world is moving forward. Automatically, what happens, you're moving backward. You become outdated. So if you want to move forward, you need to be stupid at some times. Because all these stupid people, they ask questions which are stupid and learn, learn out of stupid questions. And that's the beauty. This is something that I've seen in leaders. They don't become stupid for their entire life. When they feel that they don't know a question, they are stupid enough to ask that question. Yes, could you just tell me what is that I want? And they'll get the answer. And that's how you move. So sometimes in life, I, I like to play the role of a stupid guy. I like to play the role of a stupid guy. I know that I might, I might get the best answer when I play the role of a stupid guy. Sometimes you can play a role of a stupid guy even to... Please mute yourself, Ismail. Uh, so therefore, sometimes in life, you have to play the role of a stupid guy. Let me, let me go to the question answer. So as usual, Nasreen is there. And Nasreen is one of the, our number one. <laughs> I always put a, a blank spot. Okay, Nasreen, your turn now. Please go ahead. Wow. I always get put on the spot first, but uh, thank you for the opportunity. Hi, Antonio. How are you doing? Hi, hi Serena. I'm, I'm pleasure to meet you, and I'm doing great. Pleasure is all mine, Antonio. I got a difficult one for you. I was watching your interview, and it quite inspired me to move, as you say. But I've got a difficult one for you because the, the most interesting uh, and appealing part of your interview for me was your focus on spirituality and how that weaves into what you do and your belief system. And then it has me wondering that you're going after this um, campaign for president of the United States of America. So let's pretend here for a minute that uh, you're actually giving an important speech at a rally and you've got to use you're deciding to use this strategy as part of getting organic support for yourself as a leader for the united states of america how are you going to do this what's your strategy for that speech that there's only one strategy if i had that platform and if i had no choice i had one option and let's say I was going to die right after that. Separation is an illusion. I think it's the best way possible to raise any money for a rally or connect people because at the end of the day, there is no separation. Quantum physics calls it entanglement, where what you do to one neuron here or, or proton here, it happens over there on the other side of the universe. Since everything was in one dense place and it exploded, however you want to use that school of thought, then we're all still connected. So when we see that we have separation, someone's controlling that thought process. They're forcing me to see a difference between you and I. And when someone is doing that, they're also upholding our losing condition. So if I was at a rally, the first thing I would tell everyone is separation is an illusion. And if you disagree, someone outside of our statement, outside of our rally, is upholding our losing condition. And for me, 
weaving spirituality into everything, as long as we all know that we are connected, intertangled, entangled, and, and life has a great superposition of opportunities and possibilities, then no one can stop us. But when they stop us, and the only way they ever stop us is when we become a hand that has different fingers moving. But when you become a fist, you can take Farouk Sensei's karate lessons, right? His martial arts. And Inbox Zero is a thing of the past. We're all so inundated with email now that it's no longer about responding to everything. It's about responding only to the important things, the messages that truly matter. And that's where SaneBox comes in. Think of it as an EMT for your email. As messages flow in, SaneBox does the triage for you, sifting only the important emails in your inbox and directing all other distracting stuff into your Sane Later folder. So you know what messages to pay attention to now and what stuff you can get to later on. It also has nifty features like the Sane Black Hole, where you can drag messages from annoying senders you never want to hear from again, and Sane Reminders to ping you if someone hasn't replied to your email by a certain date. Best of all, you can use SaneBox with any email client or phone anywhere you check your email. See how SaneBox can magically remove distractions from your inbox with a free two-week trial. Visit SaneBox.com success today to start your free trial and get a $25 credit. That's S-A-N-E-B-O-X dot com slash success. Again, that's SaneBox.com slash success. Punch a hole through something when you're together like a fist. But you can't punch a hole through something like that, right? You can't do it. So separation is an illusion. That's what I would say. Very difficult question. Thank you. But if I had one message, that would be the message I would die for. Very so powerful. we vote for you going forward. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Very, very powerful question. Thank you. Next. Uh, who's the next one? There's a good hi, question hi, in chat. <laughs> yes, sir. Hi, Antonio. I'm Altaf here from Doha. From the Middle East. Altaf, good to meet yes. you. Yeah, the Qatar, I mean. Uh, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? Yeah, congrats uh, you're being uh, again dad or uh, first dad. I don't know that <laughs> this, <laughs> okay. Anyway, I'm so happy being with you uh, uh, and uh, given us uh, this chance to uh, talking with you, uh, uh, Mr. Sensei also. Uh, let me ask the question. I would like to ask you how you are being very simple and always keeping laugh on your face. What is the secret? That's like the best question I've had all year. And Farouk asked me something similar to that. I teach my, so I've got my boys are now 11 and 8. And since they were from birth, I would teach them the secret to life is to be happy. I would teach them this. And what I was, what I was attempting to do was simplify the law of attraction and the law of vibration into one simple statement. If you be happy, the rest will follow. And I didn't mean it in a superficial way, but I meant it in a manner where I can teach something so complex to my children. And what happened, it wound up pouring off to me. And that's the good thing about teaching, because teaching cuts both ways, right? You can't teach be happy 
and then be sad because kids are only ever going to do what you show them. They're never going to do what you told them. Mm-hmm. Right. All of us are basically living the lives that our parents have showed us how to live, not the lives they told us how to live. So every time I kept telling them the secret to life is to be happy, and they would say, be happy, it cut back at me too. So I'm in a consistent state of happiness, not because life is just perfect, mm-hmm. it's because I'm always perfect in the chaos. And, and that may sound, you know, self-gratifying, but just because something happens outside of you doesn't mean it has to happen in you. Mm-hmm. Boats tend to have a disastrous outcome when the water on the outside of the boat gets on the inside of the boat. Mm-hmm. So as long as you can keep that water on the outside, then you're just fine. So I love what I do. I love just talking to people. And then as a, as a caveat to that, I only do what keeps me a genius. Mm-hmm. So if I do something that makes me average, I staff that out. Even when I was broke, I had other people staff out stuff that made me average. So basically, every day you see me, I'm a genius. Every day you see me, I'm happy. And people don't even know it, but that, that energy is so infectious because I'm never doing something that doesn't make me a genius, and I'm never doing something that doesn't make me happy, and it's just contagious. So that would be my answer to your question. Yeah, good exactly. question. That, that was so powerful. Topic. That was yeah. so powerful. So there are three lessons that we can take from Antonio's uh, this particular uh, two minutes conversation. What he said is number one is do not let the water into the ship. Very powerful mm-hmm. thing because you are the ship. If the water goes into you, you are going to sink down. You become so, I mean, you become uh, a waste. You go down deep into the ocean, number one. Number two is Three times he used the word I am. Did you, did you follow that? Did you watch that? He used I am, I am, and I am. You become what you say that you are. How many of you agree to say I agree to Antonio? Come on, type there. I, I agree to Antonio. He used that word three times. I am, I am. I'm a genius. You, you recall that. He said I'm a genius. You got it? Because if what you keep on saying, that is what you become. So that's very powerful. You've got to keep on telling to your subconscious mind that I'm so-and-so, I'm so-and-so, I'm so-and-so. And And number three, he said that when he broke, still he was with the best. He didn't go with the average. He didn't go with the average. He went with the best. And that's exactly, you have to look for eagles, my dear friend, in your life. We should never go for the chickens, turkeys, and the duck. Whether you're broke, you still have to look for the best of the best eagle that flies and soars up in the sky. Antonio, thank you very much. Next that question, was good. Please. That was a great breakdown. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. Next one. Hello. Yes, please. Uh, this is Mohammed Oman from Kerala, India. Good. India. Good. Uh, hey, uh, Mohammed, how's it going? Antonio, I, I hope you're doing well. I, it's I, great I honor am. to I talk to you. Same yeah. for you. <laughs> okay. My question is a little bit politics. Uh, okay. Imagine that you are uh, president of America, USA. Uh, as a leader, what are the changes you will bring in society? Yeah. Yeah. The, one of the first things I would do. All right. So let's go back to me saying separation is an illusion. Now, since we think separation is normal, we allow 40,000 children a day around the world to die from starvation. I have a major issue with this. And in truth, Naman, we're all guilty. 
because we have accepted the normalcy of having all this food, but them over there, whatever over there means, them, they are not us, so it's okay. And that is especially true in the West. That is that's probably far more true in the West than the East, even though we are all guilty. But that is most certainly Western thinking. So one of the major changes to society that I would make is focusing on children dying of starvation at, at the rate of 40,000 children a day. Now, I don't mean to get on some, some high horse or some pedestal and say that I want to fix this. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying when you tell everybody, look over there, that's 40,000 people dying for no reason at all but lack of food. And we all have the resources to do something about that. But we let that continue to happen. If we can fix that blind spot, then we can fix all other blind spots. At least that's how I feel. I feel that if we can stop children from dying from starvation, that just doesn't make sense to me. And equally, and I share in the guilt with everyone, as long every day we let that happen is another day that we're not in tune with our connectedness. And if we can fix that blind spot, then we can fix every other blind spot in the world, especially those that we see. Absolutely. And, and here exactly what uh, uh, Antonio was speaking about, the Maslow's Law, and the very first thing, if you are able to give the food, then automatically you can take them to the next level. Thank you, thank you. Farooqji? Yes, Hello. Yes, I have already posted a question in the chat box. Uh, just to spread, uh, just to uh, spread the so-called happiness among others also. Okay. Just, just read it to him. <laughs> uh, no, the chat keeps on moving very fast. So you can, if you have a question, you can just yeah. Really ask. Just, just a simple question. Yeah. Uh, who is more dangerous, the coronavirus or Mr. Trump? Well, <laughs> what a great, what a great tough question. <laughs> I'm always lean towards something with consciousness. Okay, yeah. I'm always lean towards that. So not not a slight to him in itself because I have no problem with him because we are connected, right? However, big however, and I'm I'm brave enough to take a stance. Our consciousness is a major issue. As a collective, we have a major issue. So the coronavirus doesn't seem to have a consciousness like us, meaning the coronavirus isn't evolving and creating skyscrapers. The coronavirus isn't buying tickets to Dubai and enjoying itself on a vacation. The coronavirus doesn't go golfing, so it has a level of consciousness that, that Mr. Trump does not have. Therefore, we need to all watch our response to things that have a lower level of consciousness than us. And if we respond to <clears throat> a virus and let the virus win, you, right? If it just divides us, I'm not talking about, viruses will do what they job. It's something called a pinnacle theory. The coronavirus is supposed to live out its best life. That's what it's supposed to do. Every carbon-based creature has two purposes. One is to live, and it wants to replicate itself to give information to the next generation. So in theory, the coronavirus is doing exactly what it's supposed to do. <clears throat> However, 
it should never separate mankind to the point in which we are just at each other's throats. So the answer to that question is whoever has a higher level of consciousness, they're more dangerous. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that was good touching, hard question. That was touching without touching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good. Thank you very much. Thanks a lot. Let's go to the next question. Uh, good hello. 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 hello, Rafiq here. Okay, Rafiq. Yes, please, Rafiq. Uh, hello, uh, this is uh, Rafiq from uh, Doha, Qatar again. Okay. Uh, hi, Mr. Antonio. Hey, Rafiq. Yeah, we are very glad to be with you here. Thank you so Thank much you. For, being, for being with us. So, uh, you as a uh, you know inspirational leader, a social reform, uh, you are uh, you know very uh, you know it's an icon for the for the people around the globe. So, what has helped you get to where you are, and what advice would you have for others who want to set off in a similar direction? Yeah. I yeah. hope you understand. <laughs> yeah, that's good. No, that's good. That's thank real you. good. Thank you. Two questions in that. I got, no, thank you. Thank you for the question. I got where I am today by thinking I already had it before I had it. And I, again, it's easy for, it's really easy for people like me to say this. You know, oh, if you want something, just think it. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that I was stubborn. When I was without, when I was in lack, I was completely stubborn. I used cognitive dissonance to my advantage. Cognitive dissonance, and I'm sure all of you know, is when you got two different neurons holding two competing ideas. Mm -hmm. This cognitive this, this neuron said, I'm broke, I live in a trash can, I'm never gonna get out. This neuron said, nope, that's not the life for me, I'm gonna do whatever I wanna do. Mm -hmm. and, that, and the chemical, the biological and chemical response to cognitive dissonance is frustration. It's, it's, it's why you can't tell a Trump supporter that Trump is bad because they have cognitive dissonance with that. It's why you can't tell an Obama supporter that Obama is bad. They have cognitive dissonance with that. So when I was in my trash can situation, I was also saying I deserve more than this. And that created frustration. In my case, I used that frustration to go forward instead of going backwards. Most people use their frustration to go backwards. I use my frustration to go forward. So how I got here is I used frustration to push me. And then when I didn't want to move, that same frustration pulled me. So that's how I got here. What do I suggest to all of you to get here too? is get out the middle class as fast as possible. And you need to adopt a mindset that the middle class is disrespectful to your very nature because nothing about you, you were not born. Doesn't matter your religion, doesn't matter your spirituality, doesn't, it doesn't matter if, you, if you're Hindi, Telugu, it, it, just, it doesn't matter. You were never meant to be middle anything at all, not middle earth, not middle class, not middle nothing. And we have bought hook, line, and sinker that we should be middle, especially America and India. America has what you call the American dream, and that's when you become middle class, you get in debt, you buy your house, you go quietly into the night, and you pass your house on to your children. 
India, according to your news, by the end of 2030, India we ha- will have the greatest number of middle class people in the world. <clears throat> Both countries are enamored with middle class, and none of that is worthy of us. So if you want to get to where I'm at, get that middle class out your head, because nothing middle is worthy of you. That would be my answer. Very powerful. Very powerful. Thank you. Thank you. I am Thank you. Yes, who's Hello. Next? Yes, please. Please introduce yourself. Hello, I'm Rashid. Okay, where are you calling from? I'm Rash- hey, Rashid. I'm fr- yeah, I'm from Dubai. Okay, UAE. from Dubai, okay. Yeah, my question is, um, there is an issue of uh, racism now in your country. Okay. Most Why certainly, is- most certainly. Yeah. Uh, why it is still existing in this modern uh, age and how you are going to stop it if you are elected? Yeah. Let's build backwards. It's, gonna, it's impossible for me to stop it because it's just not something that can be stopped by, by one person. So the, 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 the issues are the only way to uphold racism is you have to control resources. It's the only way. So let, let, let's break all this down. I'm gonna do it as fast as possible. Ladies and gentlemen, there's only one way to create wealth and you have to have wealth. There is no other way. I'm, I'm, I live in the top 1%. I'm gonna die in the top 1% and my children are gonna inherit the top 1%. I'm telling you, in order to get wealth, you need wealth. So that's saying it takes money to make money, Maybe not true, but it takes wealth to make wealth. Absolutely true. So what's the other, so how do you generate wealth then? Labor. So if you don't have a labor force, then you can't create wealth that creates wealth. So racism exists in my country and it has always existed in my country. It's because when you see me, they see their labor force. And I really need you to hear that. I represent to them their labor. And labor is supposed to stay in line and not try to be anything more than labor. Mm-hmm. And they'll trick you. They'll say, hey, here's a great work environment. Here's a pool table. Here's, right, here's, some, here's some code of ethics so you can stay comfortable being a worker. So you always going to see the rise up when there's a, there comes a time when the labor force decides I don't want to serve this way no more. So I can't stop it, not because this isn't a collective consciousness issue. This is the issue of a small oligarchy, a small group of people understanding as long as Rashid is my labor force, then I'm good. The moment he decides to own the building instead of living in the building, I got a problem with it. And that's why it can't be fixed, because every time I am looked upon, I'm looked upon as a labor force. Now, how did I get out of it? I've got my own labor force. I just happened to pay my, the minimum wage in my company is $22 an hour. If you get pregnant in my company, you get one year maternity leave. I let women take a year off paid in order to raise their child for the first year. So if you're going to have a labor force, you treat that labor force correctly. So that's why it can't be changed. That's the problem here and now. And hopefully I answered every level of that question. 
Wow, that's so powerful. Here, yes. uh, I, I don't know in India how, how many days do you get leave for pregnancy? I think it goes for three months or four months. How many of you love to get one year pregnancy leave? And if you're working with uh, Antonio T. Smith, say, I love that. Come on, go and even if you're a male, go and type that. I love that. Yeah, yeah. In America is like six weeks. It's that long at all. It's me, Elias. Okay, Elias. Okay, you're calling from Elias. Calling from Kerala. Okay, from Kerala. Go ahead, please, Elias. Uh, wish you all the best. Hi, John. Hi, uh, you, <laughs> uh, hi yes. Antonio. Yes. Wish you, wish you all the best. Can I ask a small question? If you have be if you have become the president, what you will do to American people and to the world? Yeah. Uh, I, I think one of the first things I'll do is focus on infrastructure our infrastructure is garbage it is just terrible it really is i would give teachers pay raises because in almost every civilized society teachers are underappreciated it does especially you know it's it just almost every civilized society we we pay teachers far less than what we should it costs in american u.s dollars about ninety eight thousand dollars a year to be to be to live comfortable in a metropolitan area, and most people live in metropolitan areas, the average in American salary a year is $56,000, so we're automatically $40,000 less. So here's what plan that I would do. I would go after climate change immediately, and I would do this here. I would say, okay, companies, you can keep burning carbon emissions at the way you do it, but what I'm gonna do is, I'm gonna charge you a fee for every level you go over this sustained level that the scientists say. So if you want to not get charged extra, well then stay under. If you do go over, well, we're just gonna charge you a fee. And I would take all those billions of dollars, because that's what's gonna happen, and then I would take all those billions of dollars, like a businessman would, that's an asset now, and I would throw it to education. So I would take the large companies that are violating the fees. I'm not raising taxes, I'm just applying a fee. And then I would take that money and I would throw it to education because most of your working class people have something to do with education or they support education, whether it be computer program or anything. And then I would raise the wealth of the middle class off the fees of carbon emissions. So basically I knocked out three birds and one stone. I took care of climate change. Mm -hmm. I created a new culture and when I traded an asset to pay for the wealth of the middle class, that's what I would do to make things better. That, that's amazing. Elias, Elias, how was that? <laughs> okay, let's go to Kamlesh. Kamlesh, yes, please. Yeah, Kamlesh, uh, I am Kamlesh from India. Hi, hey, Kamlesh. Uh, hi, Angela. Hey. Good, good to see you. I had two questions. Uh, one hey. is, one, two questions. One is during the interview, I had seen you and Farooq interview for the 45 minutes. What is the secret that made Farooq highly powerful and energized for the 45 minutes? Enter, you are so much energized. So, what is the secret behind you to make him so much energized? <laughs> <laughs> I think I think people feel energy more than they feel anything else. And 
sometimes when people get together, they bring the best out of each other. There's a great book on this called Multipliers. Mm -hmm. I forget the author, but it's written by a woman. And she says, some leaders bring out you. Other leaders bring out more than 100% of you, and you don't even know how you got there. And I think out the best of each other, that's far past 100%. So I think that's what you felt to that podcast. <laughs> and second question is, what was the motto behind you for standing as a candidate for the president? What is the motto behind you? Yeah, uh, I'm crazy, Kamalish. I'm absolutely insane. <laughs> <So> <laughs> there's no way I was going to shoot for anything low. So I said, oh, the highest office in, the, in, the, in America. Let's go for that one. Yeah. That's the real answer. Don't let me tell you I'm nothing sophisticated. I am a warrior. And you're not going to tell me that that's the highest and I'm not going to shoot for it. So that's just my personality. That's my drive. I knew if I wanted to make the change, it, I can go for that. And in fact, you give me an opportunity to say this. If you want to change the world, you don't have to change the world. What you have to do, do me a favor, go give me a bottle. Hand me that bottle of water right there. All you have to do, yeah, hand it to me. All you have to do, let's just say this bottle of water is dirty. Okay, actually, we use this. This is a dirty bottle of water. And no one wants it, Kamalish, no one. Yeah. And you are marching against this water. You don't change this. What you do is you sit a clean glass of water next to it. Mm -hmm. And by your very existence, the people would demand that this be removed. Yes. And okay. that's how you make change. So me running for president has already demanded so many different things happening. I've already changed. Whether I'm probably going to lose in this one, but 2028, I'll be back again, right? And basically, my very existence distant as a clean glass of water has inspired so much change that we've already changed the world together. Wow. Got me? Yeah, yeah, thank you. And uh, we wish for, thank for you. winning. I wish to be, for winning the president. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Hello. Next, please. Yes, please. Yeah. Hello, Antonio. I'm Jagadish from India. Hey, hello. Jagadish. Hey, what's going on? Yeah, I'm great. I want to ask you a question. A motivational speaker can bring change in the lives of the people and in the society. How can yeah. you justify this statement? If you give people the tools, it's one thing to motivate people, but if you give them, if you don't give them the tools during that motivation or a set of instructions like an algorithm after that motivation, then really what you've just done is you just you just use them for money or something right or a platform this is this is my this is my issue with motivational speakers don't tell jagadish you can do anything that's true but then tell jagadish right after that step one step two step three and if you notice every question that i've tried to answer from y'all i'm not just saying some rah 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 i'm doing my very best to show you here's how i would do it here's a set of instructions because as a motivation speaker, you can change the world. You can bridge it. But if you don't give Jagadish the tools, you're using Jagadish. You're leveraging his condition. And I, I, I find great fault with that. So if you're going to be a motivation speaker, if, 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 if Antonio is going to make a transformational impact on Jagadish, I need to tell you the tools. So 
hopefully during the rest of this interview and a four of the rest of this interview, I continuously give you the tools after the motivation that make you be able to step on your pedestal to get to the highest quality of your life. That would be my answer. Well, that was so powerful. Always remember, always remember, this is something which I always say that always get the tool and this is exactly what he's saying. Exactly what it's saying. Don't become the gold yeah, the gold digger, but get the tools for digging the gold. Very powerful. Yes, yeah. please. Next. Hi, I'm Munir Amayur from Kerala, India. Uh, hi, Antonio. Can you please hi, tell me? I, I can't hear him. Is he talking? Okay. Can you please tell me uh, oh, what are the gotcha. major three challenges in front of you in order to win the election to the president of the United States of America? Yep. So the top three challenges facing me are it's a system that I didn't know was in place. The way it, so we've got the money, we've got the support, but the way they do it is they you got to have so many donors plus so much money, and it's it, it's this it's this wonderful system they set up to where if you don't get at each level it goes like six million, then twelve million, then eighteen million. You have to have a certain amount it's not the money although money funds all elections so that's truthfully it's not votes that win it's money that wins as much as bad as that sounds that's pretty wherever there is capitalism money is running the world wherever there is capitalism just, just don't make no mistakes about it don't let no one lie to you money is running the world someone is doing a behind the scenes deal so my number one challenge is understanding that system i understand it now so i'll be better prepared in the future my number two assessment is simply understanding or getting people to understand that left or right, neither are serving you. And, and that, that's like the hardest thing that I can get people to understand. The left side of the government, which will, they would call liberal, or the conservative side of the government, which they would, and that's in all governments, they're not serving us. No one's taking care of the middle class. No one is, as a matter of fact, your governing body doesn't look like you. And that is an issue, right? There's no scientists making laws. There's no engineers making laws, and not that many. We've got politicians and stuff. That's another thing that needs to change. And the third thing that is, is holding me back is what I've done accidentally, since I didn't know it through ignorance, I vibrated at the frequency of those systems. Mm -hmm. So next time, since I know it's there, I won't vibrate at that, I, right? I, I won't vibrate at the frequency of these systems because I know by 2028, I might just start my own political party. So mm -hmm. you don't have to choose. I might just disrupt the whole system in itself and make a viable, legitimate third party of a bunch of conscious people that want change and then outvote them with our own party. I may do that. As a matter of fact, I'm 99.9% .9 sure that I will. Wow. That was Wow. That was strong. Next, please. Hi, Andini. Hey. Yes. Hi, Andini. Hey, yeah. how's it going? <laughs> I'm Shana from India. Hey, Hannah. Very glad to meet you. Very if you feel lazy, what do you do to overcome it? 
what do I do to overcome what? If you feel lazy, what do you do to overcome? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a good question. Listen, I feel lazy every day of my life. <laughs> there is, I have never done anything that I wanted to do with basically anything I needed to do. I've never felt like doing. I've never felt like brushing my teeth. I make myself do it because it is socially inappropriate not to do so, right? I've never felt like losing weight. Never. Anything that has ever been productive in my life, I've never felt like doing. And I'm assuming you are all the same way. I don't feel like waking up in the morning and doing stuff. I don't feel like doing anything. So the, the trick is do it anyway. Because all <laughs> the stuff that you need to do to win, you don't feel like doing. You just literally don't feel like doing at all. And the stuff you feel like doing, that's typically the stuff that makes you lazy, right? <laughs> Essentially, you don't want to, you don't want to be comfortable. What you want to do is earn a comfortable life. Those are two different vibrations. Yep. Don't be comfortable, earn a comfortable life. My advice to you, Hannah, and everyone listening, you're not going to want to do anything you need to do. Do it anyway, because that is the only way to win. And that's the truth. <laughs> Good <Right>. question. <laughs> thank you, Anthony. Hi. Oh, thank you. Yes, please. Uh, can you hear me? Yes. yes. Yeah, just yes, Doctor just yes. yes. Uh, I have two small questions. One is that when Trump came to India, he visited uh, Sabarmati Ashram, the Gandhiji's uh, residence, but. Uh, he wrote that in, uh, to my great friend, Prime Minister Modi. He wrote only that. If it was your chance, what would have what you would have written? Okay, we repeat the last part for me. Can you yes. hear me? No, just 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 because I didn't get the question either. So uh, you said that when President Trump came to India, he visited. Uh, Gandhi's residence and he wrote a note yes. to the Prime Minister. What was the note you said? Yeah, you said that he's, he yes, wrote yes. a he note. Wrote yeah. To, yeah. To, yeah, he wrote like this, to my great friend Prime Minister Modi, thank you for this wonderful visit. Okay. If it was your chance, what you would have written? So, uh, so the question is, uh, uh, oh. the vis vis is it a visit to India or a visit to a very specific point? Yeah, we should do that Sabarmati Ashram, the residence okay, of okay. Mahatma Gandhi. Okay, yeah, so I think uh, he wants to know what would I write to the Exactly. Yes, if yes. you if you had visited that particular point, I mean his place. Yeah, the only thing I would say is I love India. I, I really do. Because for me, I'm I'm a history buff. And I understand that the world started in Africa. And then I understand Pangea and all that stuff between Africa and India, there is your world's history. Like world history is Indian history. Mm -hmm. World history is African history, right? That like they, these two are one and the same. And if I had, if, like just give me five seconds to give a message to the prime minister of India, the, 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 the sacred everything of India, I would just say I love India because I think I think there needs to be more love towards India. And, 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 I, and I don't mean love in the whole superficial way. I mean a real 
self-sacrificing love for India. I wouldn't have a sophisticated message because that wouldn't be the time and place to give that message. The time and place to give that message would be in your, from your heart, not your head. So for me, it would just lead with the heart. I love India. Let's talk. <laughs> that, that would be what I would say. <laughs> one more, one more question. Mm -hmm. And uh, that, there were, at that time, there was a riot going outside. When Trump came, there was a riot going outside. Uh, how you would have behaved that? At that time, what you have done? I would have joined the riots. Let me, let me tell you something. I would have joined the riots. Now, I don't know what it was about. I would have found out what it was about, but I would have joined the riots. I would have literally stood next to the people who were crying out. I am determined to be rich. The middle class is not for me. I need news that cares about me. And not news that's going to scare me or make me mad at another people. I need news without politics. And I want news that will point me to the money. This is the news where it happens. The moments that change the world. These are the stories we need. The info that we care about. We only give you news that puts money in your pocket. And the news that gives us an advantage. This is the work that continues. Who we are today. And what we can become. Tomorrow. That's it. This is where news without agendas can lead us. Your wealth matters. This is why more perspectives make us stronger. And how our mission inspired tomorrow this is journalism that helps the world we live in this is mexit news and pain whatever that was how can you make a difference from a let from an elevated position if you're hungry i don't teach you about food i give you food if you're thirsty i don't motivate you about getting water i give you water and until I, Farouk brought it up, the, the, the Maslow hierarchy, until I fulfill that basic need, yep. I can't even get your ear. So it doesn't make sense for me to talk to rioters. It makes sense for me to stand next to rioters. If you're wet, my shoes need to be wet too. Mm -hmm. Now, that doesn't mean I need to destroy property. That just means I need to understand what you're saying. Because if it's strong enough for you to riot, it's also strong enough for me to listen. That would be my my idea with that. Wow. So, uh, but, no. uh, will, but will it be practically possible in that position? Let, let's go to the next question. Thank you, man. Appreciate you. Hello. Yes. Hello. Um, Hi. This is Rashid. Rashid, Rashid, please. Uh, first, Rashid, then I'll come to George. Rashid, first, please. This is Rashid and Amina from Dubai. So we have, uh, can, can you hear us? Yes, I can hear you loud and clear. Okay, okay. Uh, we are, apart from the politics, yeah, apart from the politics, we have uh, something uh, to know deeply about your life. Because I was just going through the article, your uh, your biography, your profile in uh, Farooq Sense's book, Ignition. You started with a Rumi's quote, that's, uh, you, as a person, you are not a drop uh, in the ocean, but you are uh, an ocean in a drop. Wow. That made the it's fundamental really change. Uh, in uh, the uh, fundamental change in their life to help others. Yeah. Yeah. Could you please explain what is the fundamental change that you have identified, you have worked out? Yeah, please. no doubt. There's 
two two answers there. One, that quote tells you how much Eastern philosophies I have in my Western brain, right? Yeah. <laughs> that alone tells you exactly how much. Because remember, the world started in the East. I mean, it's, it's just that simple. But also, the fundamental change, it goes back to the separation is illusion, but I, I'll give it to you even deeper. I truly am a soul that is meant to bring forth my light. And my light is part of the light. Whatever that means to you, that's cool. But I have a fundamental responsibility to always share the light. And it's not my job to dim your light so I can share mine. Mm -hmm. So the fundamental understanding that I understood that changed my life is if I'm going to be the light, then I can't be the light in life that's effective so just desiring to share my light and to be myself the only way i could possibly do that rashid is to call forth the darkness and once i well, i'm getting chills just thinking about that once i realized that the dark stuff in my life was there because i called it to me so i could be great Everything in my life changed. Everything. Mm. There is nothing bad happening to any of you. It is only there so you can be the light. And you're the one who called it. So don't complain because how can I be the light and go in front of the sun? You can't see my light in front of the sun. You can only see my light in a dark room. So I have darkness in my life so I can be that light. That is probably, I probably should have put that in the book, but that is what I meant when I was writing that chapter in that book. So that is fundamental for me. I know life is always happening to, for me and not to me because I'm the one who called this experience so I can be the greatest that I could possibly be. Uh, There's one more question for my wife. There is one more sure. question, Antonio. <laughs> I'm honored to take How your question. How did you become the champion of connection? Wow. First off, do you mind if I use that? That's awesome. <laughs> that, that's awesome. Yeah. Champion of Connection. Farouk, this was worth the price of admission. <laughs> Champion of Connection. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, the truth is, I, well, let me say something I typically don't say on, on interviews. I believe in reincarnation. And I'm sorry. I hopefully that doesn't defend too many people. I believe that the reason I was in the trash can for so many years is because I was supposed to do this. Either I was a terrible person in my last life and I took homes from everybody, so I had to start off with no home. That could be possible, right? <laughs> or I said, let's speed up my ascension and get to rainbow body and give me the hardest life possible. Either one of those are equilateral possibilities of what I probably would have did, and I'm crazy enough to do both, that's for sure. However, being alone for the first 14 years of my life, I was forgotten. There were no birthdays. There were no new outfits. There was no food. I was forgotten. And from that, psychologically, I got broken. And as I got more positive, I used that brokenness in me to make sure others don't get broken. And I believe that's how I became what you said, the champion of connection, because I was never connected to society in the first 14 years of my life. So it's not something I tried to do. 
it's something that the darkness pushed out of me. Thank you. Thank you we so much. Thank we you. love no. the message on your T-shirt. <laughs> Best dad ever. <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. Thank so you so much. Ever. Thanks a lot. Next, please. This is good. Farouk, you got, we got chills all over my <laughs> Yeah, I can hear the small Hello, little voice. Yes, please. Hello, I'm Sehla from Qatar. Yes, please. All right, from Qatar. Yes. How's it going? Yes. It's really a big honor to meet you, though it's uh, through oh. internet. And um, my it, question it, is in, that... And you're Razia, right? Sorry? How do you say your name? Sehla. Uh, Sehla. Got it. Okay, okay, good. So my question is that what advice can you give to the younger generation to become future leaders? <laughs> yeah, forget everything your parents taught you. <laughs> it's, like the, it's like the worst advice ever, but it's true. It's true. Listen, our parents did the best they could with what they had. They did. They did the very best they could. It's not your job to stand in judgment now or ever. They taught you what they knew how to teach you. But those who survive moving forward know how to release what's been taught to you and learn new things to get to the next level. There's a great book on this called Code of the Extraordinary Mind, actually written by an Indian, Vishen Lakhiani, the head of Mind Valley. Mind Valley. Of Mind Valley. It's yep. called, yes, yes, great. It's a great book, Code of the Extraordinary Mind, that would teach you how to get rid of some of these, he called them rules. They stand for BS rules. You can use your imagination, know what BS stands for, right? And it's just a bunch of rules that you're following. Don't follow those rules. You don't have to be what they told you you have to be. Just because you're a woman doesn't mean that you have this place. Now, I don't mean that to push against anything of your, your religion or your conservatism, anything. I want to be in harmony with all of that. Because you got to remember, I'm black in America. And black in America told me, here's your place. And I had to past that place and I had to forget what my, pa my parents taught me if you want to do well you need to be twice as good as white people or well, what is the other stuff I heard you need to work twice as good as white people you need oh, you be careful listen forget all that the best advice I have for any young person is find who is successful because success is easy success means someone is in consistent with the laws of this universe. That's all success is. Now, that can be individualized to what you want, your life. But if someone is successful, they're in harmony with the laws of this universe. If someone is not successful, they're in disharmony with the laws of this universe. It, it really is that simple. And the only way for you to decide if you're going to be in harmony or disharmony is to forget what you know and look at what's subjective. There is no other way. They're going to tell you some stuff, but that's tribal thinking. And the tribe will always tell you, don't be an individual, right? Don't, go, don't be a woman and go into programming. Be a woman and do this. No. Find your objective standpoint. Find what you want and forget anything else and get to those points. That would be my advice to anybody young. That, that's so powerful. He's talking about modeling, looking at the successful people and model exactly what they do. Right. And you will reach where you want. 
Right. You've got maximum three more questions, please. Time for three more yeah, questions. Hi, okay. I'm Mujib. Yes, Mujib. Mujib from Riyadh. From Saudi Arabia. All right. Hey. Saudi Arabia. Uh, my question is, now everybody talking for the success. Everybody needs only the success. How can I make a setup for the mind for the accepting the failure? Mm. Yeah. Great question. My, my answer is going to be extremely weird, but again, people like me, we think all, we all, prosperity has one voice, everyone. That's one voice. Farouk and I, we say the same thing, we say it differently, but it's the same voice. Same words, same voice, it's the words that jumble. There is no such thing as failure. That's my answer. There is no such thing as failure. You have never failed in your life. The way it works is failure is just that thing whatever that thing is, and it's just telling you your plan wasn't good enough. It's just a slightly longer road to where you were already going. And if you could not internalize failure, you would be successful. So I'm going to tell you two more things. Number one, losing has taught me everything. Winning has only taught me to be arrogant, superstitious, and comfortable. It's the only thing losing, I mean, winning has ever taught me to be arrogant, superstitious and comfortable. That's winning. Losing made me a millionaire. Straight like that. There's something, and, and uh, I'm going to assume you all have engineer minds, at least I hope so, because I'm about to go there. There's something called escape velocity. You can't leave Dubai from the ground with your legs, because your legs don't generate enough power to have enough velocity to get past the pull of gravity. Essentially, all of you listen, if you want to go into orbit, you have to have enough escape velocity to get past what's pulling you down. Failure is never pulling you down. You just have to have enough escape velocity to get past the force of that failure. Then and only then will you be able to get in orbit around your success. That's true for rockets. It's also true for you. Escape velocity is the only way to get out of this atmosphere and into space. And listen, gravity isn't personal, right? You know, oh, I'm mad at you, gravity, for holding me back. That's not personal. It's just a function of this universe, just like failure. There is no such thing as failure. Hit it hard enough, you'll get to where you want to get, period. Thank you. Hello, Antonio. Yeah, you're welcome. I told you my answer was weird. Go ahead, sir. Hello, I'm Arkin. Hi, sir. Hi, sir. I'm very much from Canada. How's it going? I am very glad to be here. What would you for education if you are elected as the president of USA? Okay, can you re repeat it to me? I can feel his energy and it's powerful. I missed the question. <laughs> yeah, just repeat the question once again, please. What would you do for education if you are elected as the president of USA? Wow, what would you do yeah, towards I would education? Make, yeah, I would make education yeah, as cool as athletics are. That's what I would do. I would, I would make 
I would have like a whole educational draft, you know, like school teachers would be treated like celebrities and, and students would be treated like they are on their way to celebrity ships as well. But the very first thing I would do in education is stop teaching y'all general stuff. General knowledge doesn't make you any money. General knowledge keeps you an employee. We would learn finances and financial intelligence and engineering and robotics. If, you, if it was up to me, you'd be learning how to build robots at kindergarten. You just would. And how to store data because social media isn't going anywhere anytime soon and someone has to store that data. So I would totally fundamentally change how education works. None of that general stuff, all specified knowledge. And I would put you in all the hard stuff at kindergarten. So by the time you're in the third grade or whatever it is, equivalent, so by the time you're eight, you kind of know what you don't like and you can start spending the rest of your life doing what you do like. That's what I would do. Wow. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Oh, thank you, sir. Thank you. Hello. Um, hey, I'm Asha from India. Who is that? I'm Asha from, from India. India. What's up, man? Okay. I just have one question. What are the two best qualities to become a successful businessman? Listening. The number one quality is listening. No matter what someone tells you, it's not anything but listening. Mm -hmm. A leader who does not listen to his people will eventually be surrounded by people who have nothing to say. A leader who does not listen to his people will eventually be surrounded by people who have nothing to say. That means you'll push off all the Farouks, all the Jagadishas, and they'll go, they'll go somewhere else and have the innovation and you'll be surrounded by a bunch of people who got no innovation. And the second thing is communicating. So the first one is listening. The second one is communicating. Because here's what you have to do, everyone. If you're going, if I'm going to say, hey, Farouk, let's go on a trip. The first thing Farouk is going to say is, where are we going? So every time as a CEO, you need to consistently be telling your employees, here's where we're going. The next thing he's going to say is, how much does it cost? So basically, as a CEO, you're going to have to be consistently telling people, here's where we're going, here's how much it costs, here's who's going with us, here's what I require of you, here's how uncomfortable it would make you, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. If you can master listening and master communication, you'll be a great businessman or woman, regardless whether you know stuff, because you can staff people who know those things, and you'll be great. Oh, thank you, sir. Yeah. And oh, the you're best very of welcome. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. I'll give you, I'll give you one more chance. Okay, go ahead. Everyone okay, you squeezed in there. Come <laughs> on. Rafik here. Rafik here from Qatar. Rafik, okay. All right. Glad to be with you now, Mr. Antonio. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Really feel, feel like proud to see your smiling face. <laughs> Thank you, Rafik. You are really inspiring. Yeah, my question is now to you. Let me ask you just now where you stopped from. Uh, there is a life change happening is from just shifting. It is kind of, we, we heard from uh, Mr. Farooq uh, Sensei that uh, mm -hmm. life is all happen out of a sudden, it's a shifting from you yeah. came from zero to somewhere else you are today. So yep. if you could share, what was that uh, shift happened? What was the paradigm shift or was the Eureka moment? What is that? Yeah. If you could share, that is if you uh, we can relate anything with 
with us or in your life? Absolutely, absolutely. So there's, there's two two major shifts. The, the, the first, the childhood doesn't really count. I lost everything in 2008 and due to a hurricane or a cyclone, depending on where you are in the world. And I lost everything except for the backpack that was on my back. And I've got this, my girlfriend at the time, uh, we wasn't married at the time, my girlfriend, she was eight months pregnant. And now I have her standing in government lines begging for a $75 gift card so we can eat. <laughs> that is, and I'm such a, I'm such a man. I'm such a provider. And it hits me. Like, look, look at you. L look at you, loser. This is me talking about self. Here she is with swollen feet, eight months pregnant, and you have her standing in line so you can get $75 from the government. And right there, I said that'll never happen again. Ever. It will never happen again. I would never depend on anybody to feed me. I was especially the government, right? I'd never do anything like that again. Boom. So that's what happened. That's that first shift. The second shift came in my awareness. I realized that the universe is reversing itself. And some of you probably feel the same way. It, it's, we're clearly in a great reversal. You know, maybe the Mayans were right. Maybe 2012 ushered in a new age and we're seeing this great reversal. Maybe, I don't know, been on their beliefs, but I can tell you this. We all, from Rafiq to Jagadish, we all decided to be here right now. So we are part of that great reversal. And that's the second shift that happened in my mind. When I realized how great I am. There goes another statement, another I am statement for it, right? I had to realize, wow, I'm actually great. Maybe I should start behaving greatly. Mm -hmm. Once you get inside your mind, that you are great, you are amazing, then you don't have to justify anything to anyone. I don't ask for permission anymore. I notify people at this point, hey, Rafiq, get ready to change the life. I'm not asking you. I'm just notifying you. Come with me or don't, but I'm gone. Just like that. That's where I'm at with my mindset, and that's my second shift when I realize I am part of this great reversal and I can do anything I want. So that would be my answer, buddy. Wow. Thank you so much. Thanks a lot. Yes, sir. How do you all find till now? How is it going? Just type, go and type. How, is, how, how are you finding it till now? Awesome. Fantastic. Fantastic. Amazing. Wonderful. Great. Uh, amazing. Fantastic. Amazing. This is coming from different parts of the world. Wonderful, profound, fantastic, excellent presentation. I won't, oh my goodness, now running. <laughs> I want to ask questions. Okay, I'll give you a chance, no problem. Okay, Hannah wants, okay, wonderful, fantastic, excellent, wonderful, A1, awesome. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I, I'll, 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 give, I'll take two more questions because uh, it's very hard to get Antonio, so let's, let's get the best out of it. So two more questions. Let's go for the youngest I've one. I've got no I, I, problem. I've got no problem. <laughs> I got problem. the youngest one because I'm, 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 these I'm are the leaders. Sir. Yeah, these are the leaders of tomorrow. Anna, Anna, just uh, you can. Hi, Antonio. My name is Renarza. Hey, oh, Renarza. Okay. Hi. Can you please share with us your strengths and your weakness? Mm -hmm. Yes, my strengths. My actually, I have one strength. 
my strength is I process information probably faster than anyone I know. And it, it flows. Everything else flows from my strength. I can hear something, process it, and immediately know what to do. I'm not sure where that comes from. It's strategic thinking. I can guarantee I was born with it, though. That's for sure. That's my strength. My weakness is, oh, I could give you a thousand of those, right? I could give you a thousand weaknesses. And notice that. That's also telling you something. I told you one strength and a thousand weaknesses. I think that's what makes people great. Self-awareness is a superpower, right? One of my weaknesses, I lack empathy. So I surround myself with a lot of empathy. I, most of my inner core, all five, four of my inner core are empaths. Because I know that I can't feel the way most people would feel. Mm-hmm. I'm so in my head that I'm disconnected from heart issues. So I keep myself surrounded by people that have full of heart. So I'm never, I, I never forget to lead with more grace than truth. Mm-hmm. Right? So I try to, I try to remember, always remember that. Another weakness I have is I forget enjoy the moment and I this you know what this is probably my greatest weakness here I'll Farouk I'll do something great amazing like oh 10 million dollar deal and I'll be like all right let's go get the next one at no point did I say hey let's enjoy what just happened here and as a side effect sometimes I forget to say thank you to some of the people that helped me do it because I'm like all right let's go get another one and I forget to say Deanna that presentation was beautiful the way you did that PowerPoint, the way you did that spreadsheet. So that's another one of my weaknesses that I work at every day. So hopefully that helps you get an idea of what's going on up here in this little strange noodles. Wow. But the power of one. This is exactly what Antonio spoke here, the power of one. If you have one strength, just focus on that one strength, and then you are going to become a superstar in whatever you do, rather than focusing on your weaknesses. We'll take one last question. This would be the last question. <laughs> yes, Rajesh uh, uh, from India. Oh, Rajesh, yes. Yes, I just want to know what time you get up in the morning, what time you sleep, and what do you do in between? What a smart question. What a really smart question. Well, if you <laughs> that was supposed to be last, that was supposed to be last. I typically wake up at 0330 in the morning, mm-hmm. and the first thing I do, or sometimes it's four. At no later than 4.30, no, no matter what country I'm in, no matter how, what the flight was, no later than 0.430, I am up. And the first thing I do is I put on something of awareness. It, can, it just depends. It could be Abraham Hicks. It could be Joel Osteen. It could be something weird, something from an, any ascended master is always in my ear, if you know what that means, right? Something like that from any great yogi. It, it just doesn't matter, right? Anything like that, I put that in for the first hour. And it's not that I'm trying to catch my vibration and, and do right with it. That's not what I'm really trying to do, although that's a side effect. What I'm really trying to do is remind myself I am great. And when I, when I walk out this house, Everyone's going to know I am great. That's what I'm really trying to do. I'm trying to walk in this vibration of I am great, come follow me, right? Something like that. I go to sleep typically if I do sleep. Okay? I go to sleep around 1130 at night, 23, 
23.30 at night, something like that, right? So I typically do 16-hour days. I'm not advocating for anyone not to sleep, you know, 16, 24-hour days. You know, you can do whatever you got to do. As long as when you're awake, you're hitting the ground running. Now, what do I do in between is where the question was smart. Mm-hmm. I set aside for myself four major tasks that I'm going to dominate today. Just four. Just four. And by major, I don't mean major. I mean these tasks are what I would call life-defining moments. If I was to complete this task, it would fundamentally change my life. Fundamentally, at its most basic level, doing this task will, will shift the trajectory for the rest of my life. And I pick four of those every day. Some days, I don't get a single one done because it's too hard, right? Because you don't really get life-defining moments done every second of every day, right? Some days I knock it all four. But and I, I want to highlight the intelligence of this question because I'm only ever doing in my day what fundamentally changes my life. Anything else, I just flat out don't do. I don't. I don't do anything mediocre. I don't do anything minor. All that stuff on the to-do list, I'm not doing it. Or someone else is doing it. And if it was just me, I just flat I wouldn't do it. If I'm going to become a doctor, I'm going to become a doctor while I'm not a doctor. And then float myself to that doctor. So I pick four major tasks. And these are life-defining moments. And when I knock these out, I pick another four the next day. If I don't do them that day, then I evaluate at night. Should this even be on my list? And, and every now and then, I say, you know what? I don't like this. It doesn't make me feel good, and I get rid of it, and I put something else. So that's why that question was so smart, because that is exactly what I do. Wow. This, this gave me a new insight. And just let me explain that what I, I got from here, because uh, I don't know whether you all have heard about the four Ds. That is one is uh, do, decide, delegate, and delete. That's the four quadrants. And now what I learned from Antonio is you pick up the first one, which is the do part, and he puts four bullet points there. And let me call that as a 4D again. Dominate, 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 and dominate. Anything that can dominate, that's it. So this would be a new concept. I want everybody to draw a four quadrant, four piece. So the first one is do. The second one is decide. The third one is delegate. And the fourth one is delete. Then go back to the first quadrant and call it as Antonio's, uh, put, put, put a title for that, and put four bullet points there, and call it as D1, D2, D3, and D4. Now, this D1, 2, 3, and 4 are standing for a decision that dominates you that day, and focus on, only on that, that makes you a different person and moves you to the next level. Is that correct, Antonio? That is 100% correct. That is it. You got this, it. This is something that we can learn, and we can take it to the next level. I did mention this is the last question, but I could see that Afreen, uh, a young leader, she had lifted her hands. Afreen, okay, from, let's uh, do from, it. From, from Qatar. Afreen, please. Yes, I give you the chance. Today, Good I'm Afreen from Saudi Arabia. From Saudi okay. Arabia. Yes. Firstly, you know what? I, I had to... a really good conversation in Hebrew with a guy from Saudi Arabia in India about Islam. Mm-hmm. How, how weird is that? 
a black American had a good conversation in Hebrew about Islam in India, in Mumbai. So, yeah, I love Saudi Arabia. He, I talk to him all the time. And, it, and it's typically only in Hebrew, but don't worry about it. I'm sorry. Keep going. <laughs> okay. Firstly, I'd like to express that this is such an honor and privilege to be sitting here listening and interacting with you. you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sensei, as well. My pleasure. So your life journey so far has been really indeed impressive and inspiring to many people. But I'd like to yeah. know what would be the one most important thing that you, you learned from your own experience? The one most important thing that I learned was I knew how to make money. I didn't know how to make others money. And that is as vulnerable as I can get with you because something shifted in me. Someone was talking about a shift earlier. Yeah. I realized I'm so selfish that I can do for me, but I don't know how to tell you to do for you. And so I start changing that. So obviously now my life is famous for doing for others. But that's the one thing I learned. I, and in the same vein as that, I really can tell you for sure, Afreen, that everyone is a master creator. And I don't get to stand in judgment of that. You are creating the perfect reality for you. And anybody that you are in coexistence or co-creation with, they are attracting that. Just like that. And nothing I can do about that. So what I had to learn and what I learned from my experience is the mastering of observing without being involved. And I think when y'all can master that, when a voice on the inside of you becomes louder than the voice on the outside of you, when, when you can get invited to an argument, but you don't accept the invitation because you don't have to, that is powerful. That, that, when, when you get to the point in which you say, oh, here's what I learned from my experience that people are doing stuff and they get to do that stuff, but I don't have to be involved in that stuff. That's the one thing I learned from my experience. And it just, it has just really elevated me to a level that I, I want to tell you, I've never dreamed of talking to any of you, but I knew in the trash can that I was going to be rich and famous talking to the whole world. I knew that in the trash can, before the internet existed, I did not know what it looked like. I just knew that I deserved it. And I also knew that I shouldn't participate in homeless things, even though I was homeless. So there you go. Thank wow. you so much. That, that was very so much. powerful. Thank you. It, doesn't, it doesn't matter who you are, where you are. If you have a mindset and a very clear definition of where you want to reach, then definitely you will reach there. There you go. I have a last question from my side. Okay. How okay. important, it's, it's very a normal, generic question. How important is a coach in your life? Oh, man. You're not getting nowhere without a coach. That's for sure. You, there's a litany of reasons, but I'll give you a few. For one, a coach is going to be able to point out your blind spots, and that's really what holds people back. And, and some, a lot of you, I can tell from your, you can tell back in the day, 500 AD to 1500 AD, we call that the Dark Ages. 
And you can tell the quality of a person by the clothes they wore. You can tell a peasant by their clothes. You can tell a knight by their clothes. And you can tell a royalty by their clothes. You can tell priests by their clothes. You can't do that anymore. I have on probably a $10 t-shirt. You have no idea. My shoes are $40. And these pants are probably $12. But you have no idea I'm sitting on 10 figures, right? There's no, there's no way you can tell that by looking at it. However, the way people communicate is how you can tell who they are. It's exactly like, something about communication. So I can tell all of you, or just about most of you, are high performers. And you need a fruit because high performers have a different problem. This is why I don't coach often. I typically coach select people because I don't like coaching. I'm not built for coaching. It, it takes a it takes a Farouk Sensei to want to walk with you on a journey for years. You have to be built for that. I am not built for that. Do you understand? This is why coaches are so important. Because I'll just be like, do this, do this, do this, do this. He's far more patient with you than I will ever be. Let's, let's, please know that. <laughs> a coach, when you're a high performer, you've got what I call centimeter changes. They're this big. And if you don't make those changes, you're not going to succeed. It's like the alignment of your car, right? You hit the curb, and then six months later, you start having to hold the steering wheel to the left so it doesn't veer to the right. Those centimeter changes are what coaches point out and bring out. And as a high performer, you don't have big changes. You don't have big changes. You've got small changes. But until you make those, you're never going to get past six figures, seven figures, eight figures. The difference between six-figure six people, they have a six-figure mindset. They like security. Seven-figure people, they think that's the standard. Eight-figure people think, hey, that's good. Nine-figure people like myself, I'm just figuring out how can I get people to do stuff because they're sitting around for nothing. What deal can I get to make sure all my employees have more work to get do, right, and all that stuff like that. So you absolutely need a coach. Without a, without a Farouk, without a coach, whoever your coach is, you're lost. Michael Jordan had a coach. The, the greatest soccer player, well, football player, had a coach. The greatest American football player had a coach. Without a coach, you're, you're nothing. Your religious teachers, your ascended masters had a coach. So for you to think that you're going to ascend and you don't have a coach, you're really operating off a of false dichotomy. So there you go. <laughs> wow. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a great honor for us to have Antonio T. Smith here live for more than one and a half hours, though we promised only 60 minutes. Here he is more than 90 minutes, and we all are thrilled with a lot of questions. And I, I know that you all are happy with uh, having an interaction with Antonio T. Smith, and I also believe that, Antonio, you had a very wonderful time with the team. I had team. a great time, great time. That this is something that you will never learn in schools, colleges, or in the university. You are getting information, not information, but wisdom. There's a lot of difference between, between your data, then comes information, then comes understanding, then comes insight, then comes wisdom. What you're getting right now from Antonio T. Smith is neither data, not information. It's more or less, it's the insight and the wisdom he's sharing with us. You will never get this from anybody else until otherwise you get directly from a mentor or somebody who has already traveled a few steps ahead of you. And especially when it comes to Antonio, he has gone 
to the downs of his life. He has gone through the downs of his life. When he established himself, then comes the cyclone, washes every, everything that he had. He had only his backpack with him and a, and a wife who was eight, eight months pregnant. Just imagine from ground zero to getting where he is right now. He always, he spoke about the gravity, the gravity pulls down. You should get out of the gravitational force. Only then you can soar up in the sky like, a, 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 like an eagle. And that's exactly the example that he said earlier. It's nothing to do with failure, but you have to cross that sort of elevation line. And that's exactly what you can do. Antonio, thank you very much, brother, for taking your time. Thank you, thank you there. brother. Thanks a lot. And as you all know, I have mentioned this and I always tell that if, I, if there is somebody that I don't, I don't call anybody brother. And I don't like that. This is only one person <laughs> that I call brother. I don't know what is the secret between him and I. I have no clue about it, but I don't like anybody addressing me as brother and I don't address anybody as brother. And the word B-R-O, bro, I really hate that. I really hate that. But this is the only person that I, I open-heartedly call him brother. He calls him brother as well. So thank you That's very much, brother, for, for taking your thank time. Thank you, brother. I, I, I appreciate know, you. I know that you, are, you have a very busy schedule, and thanks a lot for joining us today. No, thank you. I'm going to send you my, my book, Richest Man in Trash Can. I'm going to send it to you personally, thank and you. it's 611 pages. I'm going to send a digital copy, yeah. and then you give it away to anyone who asks you for it. Wow. They can have it. Say, I love you, Antonio. Come on, type everyone. <laughs> I-L-A, I-L-A, I-L-A. Type everyone, I-L-A, I-L-A. Once Thank I get the everybody. book, I'm going to share that with everybody here. I'm going to share that with everyone. Great. Thank you Thank all. You. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me so much. It was been a, it's been an honor and a pleasure. Thank you very much. All Thanks right, a everybody. lot, and God bless you. Thank you. Uh, dear team, you can give me your feedback on my WhatsApp. I'll be waiting for your feedback. Uh, and based on that, we'll also have the next session. And I'll let you know about it. So give me your feedback on my WhatsApp number. You all take care. I have recorded this uh, session and I'll be posting the link uh, and sharing the link with you either tonight or maybe tomorrow. But I look forward to your uh, feedback. You take care and good night. Thank you, Sensi. Thank you. Thanks a lot. That's very Thank you. Good night. Attitude. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank so you. Much. Thank you so much, Sensi. I'm not sure if you already know this, but you're already absolutely perfect. You're already absolutely great, and you're already living in massive abundance. The most important things that you have is not what you have. It's not what you do. It's what you know. Because the people who do know what you need to know to leave the middle class, they're in the top 1% and they control 96% of the world's income. 97% of this world is trading time for money and that is not the way to become rich, it's not the way to become wealthy, and it is absolutely not the way to leave the middle class. There are 7.8 billion people in the world right now and they all wanna learn how to make money and how to leave the middle class. But the way to become a master at anything is to learn all the rules and then bend them to your favor. Right now in this world, there are 2,057 billionaires. Right now. So if you think becoming a billionaire is, a, is impossible, that's 2,057 people that have already proved that impossibility incorrect. And if you think that's crazy, there are 46.8 million millionaires in the world, worldwide right now. Now think about that. 
46.8 million millionaires, and that number grows 1,730 millionaires every single day. Money is everywhere. You don't need to max out your credit cards. You don't need to borrow from granddad and grandma. Just look behind me. Look at all the wealth sitting behind me in this junkyard. It's insane how much money is everywhere, and you don't need to go out there and beg, bar, and steal to get it. You just need to know the rules of making money and how to leave the middle class. Essentially, all you need to know is the algorithm of making money, the rules of making money. All you need to know is what to do and how to do it, and you can leave the middle class. Any industry, yoga, golf, underwater basket weaving, clipping fingernails, it doesn't matter. All you have to do is know how to do it, how to get it done, and then find somebody to teach you how to do it, how to get it done, and you will be able to leave the middle class. If you're not getting my point, it's real simple. Whatever you have up here, as long as you understand the rules of leaving the middle class, as long as you understand how to get money, you can take what's up here and get wealthy for what you already have. Right now, the very thing you know up here is already being searched a thousand times a second on Google. Someone right now, actually 1,730 people right now, are gonna become a millionaire from the stuff that you have in your head. Why can't this be you? I mean, it's 1,730 people with your ideas that are no better than you, that are gonna leave the middle class, become a millionaire. Why are you not next? So how do we do this? How do we take what you know and apply it to objective money-making secrets and then allow you to leave the middle class? How do we take you from where you are and let you escape to where you wanna go? So how do we make all this money or take all this knowledge from the Warren Buffers, from Elon Musk, how do we take everything that everyone before you has done and how do we take all of that and then put it in your head so you can leave a legacy for your family. My name is Antonio T. Smith Jr. 32 years ago, I lived in a trash can. That's right, from six to 14, I had no running water, no electricity, no anything, and somehow I'm in the top 1% today. Not because I had the right background, not because I had a silver spoon in my mouth, simply because being homeless made me learn how to make money. I retired when I was 29 years old. I'm more than likely younger than you. I'm one of the top 1% income earners in one of the richest countries in the world. What I learned how to do when I was six years old was learn how to generate enough money to eat some cookies so I wouldn't die to death from starvation. From there, I learned how to go from cookies to a meal from a meal to clothes, to clothes, to shelter, to everything else that supplied my necessary needs. When I was six, I was forced to learn how to make money. And now that's what I'm gonna do and help you do. I've seen amazing results. I have my own economy. I've homeschooled my own children. And I wrote a book that teaches you every single thing that I know about making money, every single thing that other people know about making money, and most importantly, all the stuff that we don't tell you. Because the truth is, and you know it like I know it, the most honest, the most hardworking, unselfish people on planet Earth live in the middle class. Yet, your honesty, your unselfishness, your devout religion-going self is not enough to get to the top 1%, and that's not fair. The second half of my life has been not about how much money I make, but how I will be remembered from all the money that I have made. And 
I've been trying to teach everybody how to get out the middle class. I'm the crazy guy, famous on the internet for trying to create 100,000 millionaires. I've created eight so far. I got a ninth one on the way, all the way from India. That's pretty cool. And what I want to tell you is something very simple. It's been hard. It's been absolutely hard to help people leave the middle class, not because of the people, because the system would rather keep you being someone else's money instead of you having your own economy and having the money come find and flow to you. It was frustrating because I knew that anybody can make money. And if you knew what I knew, you would change your life. Over the last few years, I built a large following of over half a million people every month that pay me to actually, for me, to give them advice. Well, that's been exciting for me. And the cool thing is, I've created thousands of six-figure earners. I've created millionaires. I've created people who can live their dreams and hold on to their legacies. And now my eyes are on you to create you to what you need to be great. I have been teaching my principles and these principles to hundreds of thousands of people around the world, every country, all continents, and anyone who has taken them seriously, written them down and applied them, have a 100% success rate of leaving the middle class. I've taught these secrets to my following and my inner network, and I've watched them go from four figures to five figures, five figures to six figures, seven figures all the way to eight. Everything that I've ever learned, everything I've ever learned from millionaire mentors, billionaire mentors, and everything I learned from being homeless, and everything that got me into the top 1%, I have placed inside of a book. To date, it is the longest book that I've ever written, the most best book that I've ever written, and that book is called The Richest Man and the Trash Can, and I'm offering it to you today for free. This book is gonna show you how to become wealthy into the top 1% and leave the middle class. This book is gonna give you a step-by-step -step plan if you're 30 years old, all the way to 70 years old, how to get into the top 1%. If you're a teenager, how to get to the top 1%. If you're a millennial, how to get to the top 1%. It's gonna teach you how to make six figures immediately, teach you how to get to a million dollars immediately, and all that good stuff. Plus, I'm gonna give you the 36 objective laws of leaving the middle class. Plus, I'm gonna give you every last one of my secrets that have made me rich. You have to understand that leaving the middle class is the most important fight that you're gonna have in your life. And to be honest with you, it, you can kind of relate to this. It almost takes $450,000 a year just to be broke in America. And that's just in America. If you don't leave the middle class, which is actually an illusion, then you are gonna have a really hard time. Think about it for a second. Some of, most of you are gonna be watching this are gonna be baby boomers. And you've been sold a bad check. They lied to you. Your retirement was not enough for you to live comfortable. And I'm gonna give you this book for free so you can figure out how to triple your retirement and then quadruple your retirement. And then as Grant Cardone would say, 10X your retirement so you can live the life that's worthy of you. I want you to remember that leaving the middle class is the most important battle that you could ever face in your entire life, especially for your family. So consider this video, this book, your friendly tap on the shoulder. I wanna send you a free copy of this book because I believe that abundance is your birthright. I believe that abundance is freedom. And I believe that this book is right for you. In fact, 
I believe in that so much that I will send you the book for free. All you have to do is cover the cost of shipping. I'll eat the cost, I'll take the loss, and all you have to do is get the book and dominate your reality right now and apply the principles so you can be the best person for your life that is yours. Fill out the form sitting right there to the right. Go ahead, dominate your reality. I can't wait to send you my book. I can't wait to meet you. I can't wait to have you as someone that's been on the journey with me. Antonio T. Smith Jr., you can plan better. You can dominate. When the pandemic began, I had the biggest problem in the world not making money. The pandemic was actually quite a blessing for me as it almost made me a billionaire. I came really close. So the pandemic was a blessing. It was hiring people. And get this, everybody. I had 48 job positions open during the pandemic. $22 an hour with paid training. And I could not find a single person for two years to fit any of those 48 job positions hear me well 48 job positions 22 dollars an hour pay training and i couldn't find someone not one person for those job positions now is it because i hire slowly true but it's because I wasn't using ZipRecruiter, and that's a fact. I wasn't getting to the right people for the right position to fit my right culture. And there are so many different things that you can do this summer. As a matter of fact, you can free up as much time as you want to. But if you're not using ZipRecruiter, you're probably not going to free up that time if you're attempting to hire people. So what is ZipRecruiter? What is probably the greatest job finder that's out there? And that's why you need ZipRecruiter. You need it so you can find the right candidates. Now, it's not that ZipRecruiter helps you find jobs. It's more accurately that ZipRecruiter takes your culture, takes your job, takes what you're looking for, and immediately matches them with the perfect candidate and if the if it's if they can't find a perfect candidate they will skip over that person and then give you the perfect candidate for you ZipRecruiter uses one of its most powerful tools which is the technology itself to match the right candidates up with your job you can easily review uh, their recommendations and easily review their recommended candidates and invite these candidates to apply for your top positions. Additionally, ZipRecruiter has a complete suite of tools that makes it easy for you to filter out, uh, review, and rate candidates. Four out of five employees uh, have been used by four out of five employers on ZipRecruiter. It is a blessing. And no wonder ZipRecruiter is rated number one hiring site in the world based on G2 satisfaction ratings as of this year, January 1st. My friends, 
soak up everything I said. It's not an ad. This is a personal testimony of how I found the right people to sit in the right seat on the right bus. Without ZipRecruiter, it wouldn't have been possible. So how do you take advantage of what I'm talking about? Well, you go to ZipRecruiter.com slash B2B. All spelled the regular way. That's Zip, Z-I-P, Recruiter, R-E-C-R-U-I-T-E-R, ZipRecruiter.com slash B2B. And I promise you, you will be grateful that you did so. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash B2B. It's also in the show notes.